Welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. Everyone, welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. My name is Mike Mackerlane, President and Co-Founder of Gym Supplement Science. Special guest today, we have our gym athlete, IFBB Pro, Michael Norwood. Michael, welcome. Thank you so much. How's everybody doing? I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here, man. So now, where did you fly in from? Because you just got in today. And we're looking forward to doing a whole bunch of stuff with you this week. Um, so why don't you tell everybody like where you're from and uh, you know a little bit of your background. So I come from the land of the cold, Buffalo, New York. You know where we have snow that that goes up to your roof <laughs> in the wintertime and stuff. Though, um, so yeah, I uh, my first career right now is actually I'm a police officer. I've been a police officer for the past uh, going on ten years now. And that has been an extreme roller coaster ride because uh, me and my partner are actually referred to as the singing cops. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we've um, uh, been featured on the Ellen Show. We've been on Amazing Race and stuff like that. And it's been a roller coaster ride. And then so now over the past year, I wound up actually started competing again in bodybuilding and you know, a dream that I had been thinking about trying to do over the past seven years. I kept saying, man, I, I really want to get back into competing. You know, uh, maybe next year, maybe next year. I finally said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then I wound up doing it. And then literally within the first year and then six weeks of two shows, we wound up turning pro. So wow. This wow. Is, it's, it's, I'm living living a dream right now. So how long have you been competing? Because uh, you said you want to get back into it. Did you do it before or and then took a break, and now you're getting back into it? Or, like, when did the bug kind of first hit you? So I competed once in 2014. Okay. You know, I did what and dabbled what I did. Pretty decent there. And then, you know, I took a break almost, let's see, 2014 to 2021. What is that, seven seven years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about seven, yeah, seven years um, where I kept, you know, I stayed actively in the gym and stuff like that. You know, where I would you know train four or five months here and there, and then take a little break and diet for maybe a month, but nothing really serious. And then it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm at a point in age and time in my life where, you know, I need something that's gonna you know fulfill that um, competitive edge because I also played professional basketball overseas. Oh wow! Yeah, I played basketball my whole entire life. That was my first love. If you guys don't know, like we took a picture earlier and he literally, <laughs> I'm like, he towers above me and I'm not totally small, though I've shrunk a little bit, but um, yeah, he's a, he, he's a, he's a large, he's a large individual. So the fact of like holding that much muscle is as tall as you are, it's kind of hard, right? I mean, I would imagine. Man, it, it's incredibly hard. It's funny. I actually like feel small now and, and, and I actually still weigh like 250 and wow. in the off season, I, I actually got up to what, 275 and would still stand under 10% body fat. Wow. And if you, if you guys, we'll, we'll put up pictures, uh, you know, kind of as we do the podcast and Michael. So we're we'll talking about how big is your, your, your weight. That's the one thing I noticed about you when we first kind of looked at you is like how small your waist is comparatively speaking to everything else. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the, I mean, like, what are you like a 30, 30, uh, 32 inch waist, man? I mean, so like, I'm not sure what it is right now, but I know that when I last competed uh, at North Americans in September of last year, I got it down to a 28 and a half. Wow. You know, so I think that maybe possibly if I can get that same number. And at that time, I was only 224. 
So right now we're looking like we're probably going to want to be in almost 15 pounds heavier on stage this year. So if I can have that same waistline, I'd right. be incredibly happy. It's funny because, you know, uh, a while ago when I was in muscle and fitness, um, Tony Freeman uh, was, uh, you know, the X-Man. Yeah. Uh, so Tony was, uh, he worked for a company that I was representing. He and I kind of became good friends. And, and that's kind of what your physique reminds me of is because Tony, he's like, you know, he was always, you know, it's so hard. What they don't understand is all these other guys are, you know, six feet and under. And Tony yes. is like, you know, six, four, six, five, just a large person. And, and it's tough just because like with the amount of mass that you have to maintain, especially with that long, you know, mesomorph for sure but definitely like an ectomorph just based on the height and i couldn't imagine how difficult that was but he came in i mean i think he had one of the longest bodybuilding careers out of uh, any of the pros because he 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 was doing it in even his late 40s you know like leading up to i remember he was almost 50 years old and he was still competing on the olympia wow. stage it was insane but uh yeah tony freeman for those of you who don't know you should check him out so michael's physique reminds me a lot of that so oh, i appreciate that big time but yeah you know it, it's incredibly hard being a taller bodybuilder you know the sport is definitely dominated by shorter individuals more short compact and they're thick so you know and then a lot of times with uh taller guys you know we they have more of a narrow build right you know and i would and i think that sometimes you know this is where kind of genetics kind of kick in like if you look at my mom my dad um my uncles hell even my my daughter and my son have like wide shoulders right you know we always i had that wide shoulder clavicle but it was at the time you know growing up it was always i was more of a stringy guy you know i had that basketball frame 170 pounds 180 pounds so it's funny that literally for me to be 100 pounds heavier and still be, you know, have decent leanness to me, you know, but it, it just goes to show you, like, I honestly think, I mean, the heaviest I've ever been in my life, 285. Wow. And I was still lean. And it got to- Were a, you competing then or no? No, no. Okay. And it got to a point where I was just like, I don't think I should probably keep pushing the weight up anymore because like, I'm starting to kind of get like fatigue and right. going up the stairs now. And it's like- <laughs> It looks good, but it doesn't feel good, though. So, right. you know, it gets to that point where, like, well, how much weight do I actually need to really pack on size like that? Right. You know? As far as your training style, um, just because you are such a tall, lean guy, you know, one of the things, because I, I train with a bunch of guys who are, you know, tall and stuff like that, and just the biomechanics of all that. I mean, does it, do you find yourself to where you have to do things a lot differently just because of the height? Yes. You know what? One of the aspects I'm really big on is I tell people, you got to find out what works for your body. You know, there's a million different training programs out there. You have to figure out what stimulates your body. And one of the things that I've learned years ago, probably my first ever bodybuilding coach was he was big on, you know, moderately heavy to heavy weight with high rep ranges. Everything with him was 20 reps. Right. And I used to think like, man, this guy, why are we doing 20 reps? And, you know, typically, you know, you always see eight to 10 or 12 reps, Right. you know, especially and with the heavier weight. So for him, you know, he would. Throw four forty-five plates on a, on a shoulder press machine on each side and put chains on and go give me twenty reps. I'm like, who is this for? <laughs> I know this is not for me, you know. But then you start pushing, you are like, oh, I didn't know I could push that weight, right? You know. So what I found typically works is find a weight, you know, that you can control where you actually really can overstimulate the muscle. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people if you know lifting heavy weights is only good if you actually have full control over it, right? You know, though. So I think. Honestly, for for me, maybe even some other taller guys, definitely the higher rep range right. with heavier weight. Well, yeah, and it's it's true because I think that, you know, li lifting all my life, and I, I'm 
very big on technique, very big on form. Um, a lot of it comes from my background in biomechanics, just, you know, being a former college athlete and working with athletes and my, you know, I was a sports medicine major and just seeing how important technique was and everything that happened as a result of an injury in the gym wasn't just because of bad technique. It was bad technique combination with, you know, a heavy weight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what's, what's interesting about that is that when you fatigue, what I found was working with some of those athletes, cause I was the men's, um, uh, student head athletic trainer for the men's basketball team um, in college. And so I was working with a lot of those guys in the strength room and you saw the injury rates go up based on what you were just talking about because they're such taller guys. Right. The biomechanics was a lot different with their training styles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, it, it, doing deadlifts and things like that. I mean, the traditional deadlift, all the plates are the same. The bars don't really, uh, you know, go up and down based on the weights. They're all the same. And so a guy who's got, you know, the lower shank of his leg is three inches taller than most people. It's like, he's got to bend down a lot further. And so form and technique, you know, we're always really precise about making sure that bar height was essential. So if that means placing the bar up on a couple blocks and things like that to change their biomechanics or excuse me, to keep their biomechanics in line with how they do train. So a lot of people, it's funny is because um, if you are a taller person, just understand that when you're doing some of those things, it's important to look at your biomechanics and look at like your, your rep ranges, um, and moderate that to where you can avoid injury. You can get the most out of it. So what, what, what rep range are you usually training right now? So right now with me being, um, you know, three weeks out from a show, mm-hmm. I'm at that point now where I really want to try to avoid injury, but I also still want to, you know, be able to push enough weight where I can still keep my muscle mass but I want to overstimulate the muscle. So I'm typically, everything is 20 for me. Right? Everything's 20. Okay. Everything is 20 and find a moderately heavy weight. And, you know, I'm big on really leaving your ego at the door. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter who's in the gym. It doesn't matter who's watching. And it's funny, the thing with me, one thing I noticed is like, after I turned pro, a lot of people expected me to come in the gym and just start moving massive amounts. away, pick up right. the entire gym. <laughs> and I think that sometimes... A lot of uh, people, especially the younger kids, would be surprised when they see me with a 20-pound d- dumbbell, a 30-pound dumbbell. But like you said, I'm focusing on the technique. And then they come over to us and they go, can I try that? And they go, I never knew 20 pounds could feel so heavy. Right. I say, because, right, we're, we're really focusing on stimulating that muscle the proper way. We're not here to lift weights. We're here to bodybuild. Right. That's a big difference. Right, right. And that's important, too. I think it's so true because the ego gets in line so much in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, and but what what is also interesting is when you when you combine good technique, like a lot of people when I when I would train, and I still do. You know, I don't know why, but I still do all the power movements, like the power cleans and all that stuff. And and you know, some of the guys who we train in here, you know, they're my age, which I'm 41. And <laughs> you don't look it. Yeah, thanks. Well, maybe in the face, and I. <laughs> but they, you know, like you know, Mike, you know what? Um, how do you pull so much weight when you do certain things like a clean? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, dude, it's all technique as it, it, it really is technique. I mean, if you guys have proper technique, when you do certain things, um, the capabilities that your body has to function correctly and to move that weight correctly. So to Michael's point, you do check your ego at the door. Cause you mentioned chains. We, I use bands. Oh yeah. Predominantly. I mean, it is such a huge, huge aspect of my training. Um, and I actually did a study on it. It was my senior thesis that I did in college. I utilized the bands to kind of, I had this theory, like, you know, 
there's got to be more to the bands than just rehab and post, you know, recovery and things like that for injury prevention. Mm-hmm. And so we, I use them in a strength setting and we, uh, and we got together later on with uh, a guy who owns body elastics, okay. uh, a gentleman by the name of Blake Castle. And it's the clip systems, mm-hmm. you know, to where we could add as much as four or 500 pounds of actual resistance just from the elastics. Wow. And, um, and what I found with that was, um, you know, just based on, the type of training and how the muscle fires and with the, the, the varied resistance of it increasing and decreasing based on the concentric and eccentric motion, um, the, the, the amount of little pump you get, but also just the amount of um, strength that you get out of the muscle is undeniable. I mean, it is, and, and so there was actually a study done by University Lafayette, or no, U- University of Louisiana Lafayette, that uh, was basically a larger, you know, kind of macro study of what I did for my senior thesis, which actually showed use of the bands and the in the bench and the squat throughout a course of a, a of several weeks actually increased the one rep max of those two lifts as well as power by more than thirty percent just by utilizing the bands. bands. Yeah, it's it's insane. So do you use bands a lot? Oh yeah, it's it's funny that you mention that because um, so like my trainer partner that I have, he never knows. Like his name is Cat. He never knows what we're going to come in here to do. He just knows that we're going to come in here, we're going to get busy. So it's funny, we always use this one shoulder press machine. And we went, you know, it's based on old school hammer strength machine. Yeah. You know, that has the angle where you're leaning back. Yep. You know, the heaviest we ever went on there was like 445, 445 is on each side. And, and, you know, we're doing, like I said, at that time, like 15 reps on there. That was more so, more so off season. So we go in there last week and we put 145 plate on there. And I take these two resistance bands yeah. and I wrap them on each side yep. and we can't get past almost 10 reps. Right. And and they're not even like bands that have, you know, a crazy amount of resistance, but it's right. just like, and you also see, think about it too, with bands is you have to control the downward portion because it'll right. slam you down. Right. So now that's, so now you have tension going up as well as going down. And right. it's like, man, this is not even loaded with an extreme amount right. of weight. Yeah. It's it, it, it's incredible. So we actually have a tension scale in here. I, I I've done video in the past where, long story short, we get together with this guy Blake, who was my partner. We develop. I helped him develop, uh, you know, some some protocols based around how to utilize the bands with attachments and things like that that can be used with free weights. Because mm-hmm. that was the whole basis of my thesis was that if you mix these elastic resistance tools with free weight, a couple things happen. Number one is you're increasing the load at the muscle's strongest point. So, for instance, we all know we all bench, right? So if you're benching, it's this six inches between your chest and, you know, halfway up, that's the hardest part. Most people in the strength room call it the sticking point. Right. That's the reason why people do partial rep training because they can overload the muscle with heavier weight and just go halfway down, halfway up, and they're working within that muscle's strongest, uh, you know, within that muscle's strongest range of motion. So with the bands, the nice thing about it is that as you come down, the weight ratio actually goes down because as the muscles stretch, you know, you're stronger eccentrically as you come all the way down. And then from right here, coming back up when a muscle stretch, it's actually at its weakest point. Mm-hmm. And so what we found was that as you come down and the weight ratio going down, so let's say you unrack the, the barbell and just the, the, the weight plus the bands happens to be 225 for argument's sake, right? Mm-hmm. So as you come all the way down, that weight ratio goes down to, let's say, about 165 pounds. But then as you press back up, as that muscle is getting stronger and those muscle fibers are getting shorter, you're stronger. So it's nice to have the weight kind of go up incrementally too because then right. you're maximizing the total contraction. 
And so these were things that the principles that I found when we kind of did this little study when I was in college and then it got re, you know, redone by this other large university. And it's like, and that's actually what drew Jim and I together, believe it or not. So I was in college and I just graduated college and I ended up going down to muscle and fitness shortly thereafter with a short training and, you know, tried to do the professional football thing for a little bit. Didn't last too long. <laughs> um, and I met Jim and that's what drew us together was because I had all these band theories and I was really into it. And, and he goes, bands, hell yeah, bands work as a matter of mm -hmm. fact. And so he was the one who showed, who turned me on to that study of university of Louisiana. He's like, did you know they did this? I'm like, that's the same thing I did. And, and that's actually how we got, we got hooked up in terms of, you know, agreeing on so many philosophies right. was regarding the bands. And um, yeah, we, we use them all the time, dude. I mean, it's, it's amazing. They do. You know what's funny? Um, here's a little fun fact for a lot of people watching this. Whether it's from your local bodybuilding show all the way up to Olympia, guys pump up backstage with bands. Yeah. Like, it's funny. When I was at North Americans, they had no weights. Right. Like, in fact, I remember I had this, this, uh, this chest squeezer thing, and a lady goes, hey, you can't have that back here. I was like, <laughs> I can't have this back. She goes, no. So the only thing you can have back here is bands. Right. So it's funny when you see – you know, your favorite bodybuilder on stage, just know that he pumped up. There's a, at least a 90, 95% chance he pumped up with bands. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, another story, I got a lot of them. Um, <laughs> so for 10 years, I ran the Mr. Olympia or helped run that show. Um, and that same guy, Body Elastics, so at that time when we were doing all this band stuff, um, you know, we, we got this, what we called, the muscle and fitness strength band kit. So that was the kit he and I worked on. It had 400 pounds of resistance and all these, you'll see it in the gym when you go on. It's, it's, it's an amazing set. Cause now we have the gym strength bands. Although with the supply chain, we haven't had inventory for over a year. <laughs> but, um, but that was one of the things is, is I said, Hey, you know, um, because of what you just said, uh, the, the, the head promoter, Robin Chang at the Olympia, who I worked with, he said, you know, Mike, um, it would be nice if we could get some of these kits sent back to the uh, to the guys for the pump-up room. Mm. And so it, it was – so I – so, Blake, it was so cool because I told, I told him, I said, look, man, I said there's 130 competitors. And this was before all the categories. So it was just it was men's bodybuilding, women's bodybuilding, you know, physique, um, fitness. And there was no bikini back then. It's another story for another time. So we had all the categories for both men and women. And so but mm -hmm. we got all the band kits and we set it up for each one of them. And to your point, I remember the night of the Olympia and even the pre-judge and we go backstage and everybody had their kits out and they're all just, they were loving it. Like just loving because wow. they were, they were beautiful kits. They weren't just hanging like every single Olympia competitor got like their own kit. It was, it, it was, it was, it was to your point, you see these massive monsters back there. I mean, literally I saw Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman back in the pump up room, like just, you know, pumping up with the bands. It was just, it was awesome. And those were two, cool. two, two icons, right? Dude, there. that was my first show. So the very first bodybuilding show, no joke, I ever went to, I remember I was 23 years old and uh, it was when we first inherited Olympia and <laughs> we were setting up, it was right before pre-judging. I'm backstage and there's Ronnie and there's Jay and Dexter and Chris Cormier, like, and you know, all these legends and everything. And uh, it was in Ronnie's prime. And I remember we walked by and I never saw a guy that big, like literally in person. <laughs> and a guy standing next to me, he goes, so how many bodybuilding shows have you been to? I'm like, one. He goes, like, this is your first one? I'm like, yeah. 
guy. He goes, in your backstage at the Olympia? Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Lucky guy. It was really cool. Looking at the best in the game. It was cool. It was a good experience. I had, um, it was fun, which is the reason why I think, like, it, it's nice because I wasn't brought into the industry because I was, like, a fan of the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a fan of fitness, and I was trying to start a career in there. And then getting introduced to it, it was a completely different experience than I think many people who look at it from like, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan and I, and I like that sport and I want to get into it. I always knew about the magazines and everything, but I had a very unique introduction into this industry, um, which has made me, I think, appreciate it even more, you know, because you, you kind of see like what it takes to do some of the things that like someone like yourself does. It's impressive. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, body bodybuilding is, is so unique. I, I tell people, people ask me, what's the hardest aspect? I said, it's really the discipline and it's a, it's a mental thing. You know, it, it, you really got to have balance. And I would probably say one of the things that's a lot different uh, with me this year versus last year is I said, well, you know, what matters the most outside of bodybuilding? And for me, it's family. Right. So I said, I got to put my family first because bodybuilding at times can be very a very selfish sport. Right. It can be very demanding. And you're so in tune with it. It's like, okay. I'm getting up at five or six in the morning. I'm going to do my faster cardio. And then I'm coming home. I'm eating my breakfast and then I'm watching videos. So then now, now I got to go to sleep and then I'm going to get up and watch some more videos and I'm going to eat again. And then I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to come home and watch some more videos. And then I'm going to go to bed. And it's like, what well, the family goes, what about us? Right. And you're like, well, I'm exhausted. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to spend time with you, but, but I'm really, really, really exhausted. So this year I said, you know, I'm going to put, put them first you know, and make sure I have balance there. And then it's like now everything has been a lot more smoother for me because I get that question all the time. They go, how do you balance? Yeah, I was just, I was going to ask you, how do you balance it? Because you're not just doing this as like, this is my only thing. You mentioned you're a police officer, you're mm-hmm. a father, you know, like you, you have multiple obligations. And I think that's one of the things I really want to get out of some of these talks and discussions is some people look at, you know, someone like you and say, wow, he's just, that, that's all he's about. And know like i can't make time the way he does Mm -hmm. in doing what you do and so that's what i think is really cool about your situation is you have found that balance i mean you're out here for a couple of days you know like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know but you you have other responsibilities and i don't want people to get the preconceived notion that like this is all you do right oh oh yeah oh no it's it's funny like so how do you do it i guess you know you know i think probably one of the hardest one of the hardest things for me today was leaving was when i was leaving so i have a three-year-old daughter and oh, I have, wow. and I have a uh, six-month-old baby boy my daughter was in full-blown tears uh this morning at five o'clock in the morning that daddy was leaving and I'm like oh man I said but baby you know I'm doing this for you right you know I'm doing this for you and your brother you know and mom you know so that you know we can see how far we can really take this fitness thing you know right. so it's like I'm a dad first right because at the end of the day there's you guys are going to, the family is going to still be there after bodybuilding. You know, bodybuilding only lasts but for so long, though. Right. You know, and you you get what you make out of it, though. But for me, the balance starts with family first, you know, and then, you know, obviously my main career, you know, that's what basically pays the bills. So, like, I had to give that a lot of attention. And then now, you know, now we have the new bodybuilding career as a professional bodybuilder. So it's just like, and, and this is, Things have been happening so fast for me. It's like really, I tell people all the time, I, I really take it a, a day at a time. Right. You know, it's like I set my, I have my long term goals and everything, you know, but 
what I try to focus on on a day to day basis is making sure I don't leave potential on the table, whether it's from, you know, working out cardio or even like the business side of, 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 of the sport. Like right now, I've been really studying, you know, the business side. What are other pros doing? And that was and it's funny. I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I, and I, I watched, you know, guys from obviously watch, you know, men's physique. That's what I compete in. But I watch a lot of open body better guys, too. And that was one of the things that. I took from at least, you know, five or six of them, the guys who really have the big names, they talked about family. Right. I think that that's something because you need a strong support system. A guy in the gym asked me last um, two days ago, he goes, how does your family support everything that you do? He said, you know, do they are they really behind you? I said, no matter what I do, they they're right there right. and they push me. And it, and it means a lot to me because. The mental aspect of this sport, I mean, like for me, I'm a very hard critic on myself. So it's like no matter how many times somebody may tell me I look good, I'll go home and look in the mirror and say, I don't see what you see. Right. I look at myself on a day to day basis like, OK, maybe today I feel like I look halfway decent or like, you know, it, but, but I, I think that that right there also helps to keep me getting better because it's like I have a realization with myself. I don't think of myself like as I'm on this type of high platform and there's no room for improvement. I think that there's guys that are on a whole nother level than me and I want to get there. So I have to continue to work, right. you know, and so keeping that that balance there really. So uh, on on that, because, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and with family. I mean, I get caught in the same thing. I mean, I have I have three kids. And so my son's nine. I have a middle daughter who's six and then mm -hmm. one who just turned five. And so it's a. Uh, I know the demands of the family and trying to get everything in, um, you know, get the workout in, take care of the family, do all that, get all the work stuff mm -hmm. and finding that balance. And I have different things I've talked about in other episodes about how I balance it out and kind of like when people say, you know, what is your secret and, you know, what do you do that's different than anybody else? And so I have some of those kind of like little things that I tell people to do, like, look, when you want big achievements when you want big things you set big goals if you can't take care of the little things then you're essentially screwed up and i say do you make your bed every morning do you put your shoes away is your car clean do you take out the trash do you wash the dishes are you nice to your kids you know it's like so we have a motto around here from the brand if, if anybody here, here who works here they always say you know what is the ethos of the brand you know my definition our ethos is do the right thing and that means doing the things that you don't typically want to do but that you should do right um because if you can't find time to do that, then you're not going to make time to do the things that you really want to do or the big goals and aspire to do them. And, uh, and mainly because there's two things that I always think happen is that, number one, if you want like to become a professional bodybuilder and further that career, it's like how are you going to be able to have the discipline to do that if you can't, you know, take out the trash? Right. And it's like loading up weight. You want to squat 400 pounds or, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you're not going to step under the bar and just be able to do that. You got to mm -hmm. start with the incremental things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And so when people come to me and we have different folks who come in and out of here and they ask me a lot of that, some want to do their own businesses and things. And they look around and they say, Hey, you know, how did you do it? And I always tell them, I say, you know, it's, it's, it's the little things guys. And I said, in, as, as elementary as that may sound, it's, it's 100% true. Mm -hmm. um, you cannot aspire and find time to have a balance of what you do if you can't take care of the things that are so obvious that you should take care of. Is there anything like that that you have as far as far as like a 
not maybe necessarily the same thing, but anything that you would add to that in terms of somebody who wants to be able to do some of the things that's like you do mm-hmm. aspirationally, like what are some examples if you have any? Well, you know, I mean, to, to kind of touch on your point is funny. Or is um, it getting up at four o'clock and making time for the workout? I don't know. You know, like what is your, what yeah. is your kind of, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really a huge um, aspect guy of, you know, the little things add up to big things. Right. They do. And like you said, you know, getting up, getting up in the morning, taking the trash out and stuff like that. Well, there's many, many days where I'm like, I'm ex- too exhausted to do anything else. But to, after I come from training, but I still realize I still have other responsibilities. Right. You know, I still have to, you know, keep the house clean, um, still have to, you know, do paperwork for the job. I have to spend time, you know, with the kids and stuff like that, regardless of how tired you are. You know, you still have to do these things because that's what keeps the ship running. Right. You know, it's, fu- it's funny, uh, my girlfriend, you know, one of the things I just noticed, like, especially like over like the last past couple of days with my little daughter, I'm like, man, she is really starting to follow me around the house a lot more. And then she keeps saying this thing, daddy, I'm stronger. She's like, and she goes, you know, she looks at you like you're a superhero now, right? I'm like, wow. I said, and I'm, I kept wondering like why she kept saying, uh, Daddy, you know, I'm getting strong. I'm getting strong. I was like, how is it that a three-year-old is, is, uh, processing, like that? processing it. And, and it's funny. Here's a, here's a funny part. So, you know, one of the things that in, in bodybuilding, promise in almost every category is posing is everything. Right. So one of the issues I sometimes have is, you know, with my shoulders trying to make sure that the proper angle, she's been hanging around me so long. You hear her go, daddy, fix your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the first time she said, I'm like, what? I was like, wow. You, like, and every time I pose now, daddy, fix your shoulders. I was like, see, you know what? You got to make sure you come to the show with me. I just yeah. need to hear that little voice. And we, and we might play pretty good. You're there right, right in the front awesome. row, man. Well, they're always watching. I think that's one of the things that I've realized, too, is somebody told me that a long time ago. So, you know, be careful what you do and how you do it. Yes. Your kids are always watching. And. But not only your kids, I think that just in life in general, um, people are always watching. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be honest with you. I think that large in part of some of the things in, in, that I've come into with my own career path is that, you know, that you hear people say act as if and all that. And, 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 and that, that saying, I think people don't truly understand. And one thing that my dad always told me, he says, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And what that means to me is just be completely aware of your environment that means the people who you who you associate with um the folks who who the, the crowds that you're in because they're going to change but somebody's always watching somebody's always watching you and and i found myself so many times because of that and because i've always thought about like you know somebody's always watching always make your actions make your your conversations as though that person will be completely impressed by what they are viewing, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense to where when they, they, they leave you, whether it's a first impression or if it's something that is somebody who really knows you, you want them to be like, wow, I knew he was really a good guy or whatever it was, mm-hmm. or somebody who met you for the first time. you like, I really like being around him because what's going to happen then is those opportunities are going to open up to you. As long as you always have that mindset of doing the right thing and understand that, you know, accountability really comes into always having an awareness of, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Somebody's always watching. And, and like, would you do these things if that was your first impression of somebody who you want to 
to impress. Right. And, and it's that law of attraction type of thing. And to mm-hmm. your kids, it's the same thing. Um, you know, and, and I think even myself, I've fallen short as a dad, you know, to where I don't always adhere to that. And sometimes, you know, my kids will say or do something like, where'd you learn that? You. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, they saw that. <laughs> you know, and, and that's okay, too. It's just about knowing how to course correct, I guess, on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in fitness and, and in business, you have a lot of that. And to somebody like you who's dedicated to, you know, having a specific goal and then day in and day out with the repetition that you have to do to kind of perfect your craft – um, I was, I would assume that's like just draining, right? I mean, it's, you know, what? it's, I, I tell you, and it's, it's funny that we're talking about this. It's very draining, but one of my biggest motivations is, is honestly the people that support me, um, from social media to, you know, random people that come up to me in the gym. I tell people, you guys don't realize how much you mean to me, the little DMS and the inboxes and say, Hey, Mike. You inspired me. Keep pushing, you know, or people come to me in the gym like that stuff really helps to elevate me because there are some days where I do want to quit, but I'm not going to quit because I'm not a quitter. But there are some days that are so tough and so rough that hearing that person or somebody just sending me that DM. Hey, man, Mike, I'll let you know, man, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm inspired. It's like I feel like I can't let you down. It's funny. Literally, um, that same guy I talked about earlier this is the first time I ever seen him in person. He stops me in the gym two days ago. And he's just like super, super excited. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, what's up, buddy? Like, I know we follow each other on IG, but we've never talked on there before ever. He goes, I just want to let you know how much you really truly inspire me. And and you don't really realize how many people that you touched, you know, just off of little things like your stories. And and he was like, dude, you, you know put up your story about you. Hey guys, I'm just waking up in the morning. I'm on my way to the gym. I'm a little tired right now, but you know, we're going to continue to push. And like the little things he goes, man, he said, you actually are one of the reasons why I actually stopped drinking and got back into, into fitness and really started pushing myself. And he's like, now I want to, now I'm actually competing in bodybuilding. I mean, we literally talked for almost 45 minutes. And you know, another thing that I'm big on, I always say this, no matter who it is, what, what I'm doing, whatever, I'm going to always make time for people. Right. You know, I never, ever want to be that bodybuilder that is so self-centered and so into himself that he can't talk to people in the gym. Like, I don't mind interrupting my workout to give my, you know, some knowledge or just to say hello to people. And I mean, kids come up to me in the gym all the time, kids or adults. And sometimes they just want to pick my brain. Right. You know, and I always say, well, you know, my workout is not that important for me to just, to just shut you down and shut you out. You know, and regardless if it take five minutes or if it take an hour, it's just like I feel like I used to be that guy who was seeking knowledge and information. And I don't want to be selfish with it, though. Well, all it takes is kind of comes back to a philosophy we always have around here. And I I use a saying a lot. I say, you know, trust is the hardest thing to earn, but it's the easiest thing to lose. It's balancing on the head of a needle. Um, and, and, And ultimately, I think that's what this brand, you know, stands for and, and the reason why it's nice to have you a part of it because that's an ex- you are an extension of our philosophies here on those things thank you um you know it's because we, we you know we, we've had some folks you know kind of come through as we're starting this athlete program um you know we've kind of found out a little bit about ourselves in terms of the folks that we want to you know we've always had people who wanted to be athletes but we've never necessarily um 
embrace that just because I, me personally, I saw what it was like to have an athlete uh, associated with different brands at Muscle and Fitness is that it was a revolving door. Mm -hmm. And as you look at some of the, you know, advertorials in the magazine with Jay and with Ronnie and Dexter and all these, you know, Hilo Phil and all these athletes. To me, I always wanted something that was authentic in the sense of like, if, if, if a brand's going to wrap their, their arms around um, a particular athlete, it shouldn't be about, yeah, I understand there's a financial application to it all because, you know, it makes sense. Somebody wants to further their career. They should be compensated in, in, in some form. But, but more than that, I wanted it to always be about the results and about real, real user application of the products and the services that we have. And I think that as a brand, we've had, you know, tens of thousands of transformations from real people. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love highlighting those. And we used to do a really good job at it. Um, there've been so many distractions over the years. It's hard to kind of just cultivate that particular aspect of our business. So now we've kind of opened up the doors into some of these, the, an athlete program, working with someone like you, who is, you know, obviously just physically just right where they need to be in terms of having other people look at them and saying, God, I want to, I want to aspire to be like that guy mm -hmm. and, you know, or, 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 or that girl. And how do I do it? And I think that's one of the big things that we want to utilize our athletes with is working with people who are rooted in like service first, mm -hmm. which is helping the consumers and what you just described. Um, and I want to be able to kind of offer a roadmap for you to be able to do that in a larger platform with us in tow. Um, but it comes down to, I think, you know, embracing the philosophies that the brand is in as well as, you know, the, the products, the services, because I think that you and I talked earlier um, prior to coming in here about the nature of how we got started and why we did. And, and it was really frustration based on, you know, having those promises that were made to the consumers, not necessarily being, met with the, the the products that were supposed to service them. Right. And, you know, and I guess my next question, it's a little self-serving, but hey, we're in the gym offices. <laughs> you know, how did you come to be aware of us? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Because uh, mm -hmm. I know you, you know, you work with Morgan and Luke and stuff like that. And I'm always trying to find out all these different things about everything we got going on, but I get pulled in so many different directions. But how did how did Jim and Michael Norwood come together? I mean, was it random? I mean, if it was, fine. I just I'd like to know. I'm just curious. So so here's a funny thing. Because um, I feel really good about having you here because you right. know this is the first time <laughs> I, you and I've really talked with one another, and right. I'm like, this is exactly the type of you know person who we want more of. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm curious as a brand owner because there was something that attracted you to us and us to you. Whatever that was, I want to duplicate it. Because if we could get 10 guys like you, <laughs> I think it would be a great thing. Man, I appreciate that big yeah. time. So one thing I've always prided myself on is I love doing research. Right. Okay. I don't mind. Like, I can once I dive into something, I can sit there for four or five hours and just read, read, read. Like I told you earlier, I used to always read a lot of the muscle and fitness magazines. I would go right. to my local supermarket and I would buy the magazine, go back home, you know, read everything that was in there. Look at the look at the other athletes that's in these magazines and just try to obtain as much information as possible. And this is even way before, you know, you know, people started really utilizing the social media platform mm -hmm. that had the magazine. So I remember I started using, you know, JYM products gosh, probably about eight to nine years oh, ago. Oh, you were using them before. Yes, okay, I didn't yes. know that. Oh, okay. I would always go to my favorite GNC store in Walden Gallery Mall in Buffalo. And 
you know, because of the information that I've read about, you know, and I've tried you know, a million different products and stuff like that. But the one thing I really liked about you guys is there wasn't any gimmicks. Right. You weren't promising something outrageous like, hey, you're going to put on 15 pounds of muscle in, in 21 days. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you know anything about fitness, you know, like that's not even possible. It's literally not possible. I want something that's going to give me what they say what they say it's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't want a gimmick product because I feel like a lot of times there's too many products that's on the market that that make promises to people. And, and what we learned that in the fitness industry, you can easily persuade a consumer just with, you know, certain type of labels and the way you market a product. It's right. very, very easy to reel people in, right. you know. So it's like I started using the product then. I think the first product I actually wound up using was the pre. Oh, really? Yeah, the okay. pre-workout. Right. And I really, really loved it. I used it for years on top of years. And the one thing I liked about it, I didn't have, I never had like any crash. Right. You know, a lot of times you take certain pre-workouts, you get that stimulant crash and it's like, oh no, you know, I never felt the jitters or anything like that. So I used a product for years. And then, you know, we fast forward until, uh, you know, last year, like I said, you know, I get into competing and stuff, you know, obviously I'm still using the products. And I remember, um, you know, once I came back from competing in North Americans and I had turned pro, I was like, well, okay, so what's next? Like, I don't want to just be the guy that just competes. You know, for me, it's always about, well, what's the next, what's the bigger picture though? What about the business aspect of things though? You know, how, what can I do to, you know, try to elevate myself now that I, because I know how, like, just for people to realize, it's incredibly, incredibly hard to become an IFBB pro bodybuilder. There are so many amazing athletes out here across the world that look phenomenal, you know? So it's like to obtain that type of title. And then once you get it, it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do with it now? Like I said, I don't want to just compete. So we did that. So I said, well, okay, one thing I noticed with a lot of these other pro bodybuilders is they have these supplement companies. They have, you know, other different sponsors and stuff like that. How do you get this? Right. I don't know. I don't have anybody teaching me this stuff. I'm basically just going off of what I see on social media. Right. So it's funny. I called myself. I said, you know what? Well, maybe I should try reaching out to some companies. I reached out to like three or four like smaller brand companies. And all I kept getting was no, 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 no. I'm Did like, they say why or just not interested? No, they, they would say, no, you know, not, right now we're not really looking for, you know, any athletes or anything like that. And I'm like, okay. So then my, in my mind, I, I said, well, you know, I'm not going to get discouraged. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm new. I got to, you know, really, I got to work, maybe get my name out there more. I haven't even competed yet. Like, do right. give it some time or something. Right. So so at that point, I said, you know, I'm going to just go back into the gym and, and just start working. And, you know, when it's my time, you know, I'm, I'm really big on being patient. Right. You know, I feel like that was something I've learned to do almost 10 years ago. I feel like if you can master patient, patience, you can master life, you know. And it's, it's very, Write that down. <laughs> it's very, it's very, it's very, it's a hard thing to do. So it's just like, but in the meantime, I feel like while you're being patient, you still have to continue to work. So that's what I did. And it's funny one day, um, and this one product that you guys offer, which is a ZMAs, yeah. you know, I'm somebody that's big on recovery, yeah. you know, Hey, listen, we can bang in the gym all day. You know, we can we can diet, we can take certain supplements that help get us through the workout before the workout, even after the workout. But, you know, what happens throughout the rest of the day? There has to be something else that can help you to recover and stuff like that. 
So, you know, and, and that's one of the things that ZMA does. ZMA has so many different benefits. Yeah. So, and I've always been big on, I like to take people, you know, through my journeys. And I think that's another reason why so many people, you know, tend to come up to me and tell me they're inspired. It's like, I'm not secretive. I tell you everything that I'm doing from what I'm eating, how I'm training, my rep schemes to, hey guys, I'm feeling exhausted today. I don't feel like going to the gym. I sat in the car for 45 minutes before I went into the gym, but then I did go into the gym. Right. You know, I mean, that could be somebody else that's out here. Well, and that's the thing. Those are real world problems everyone goes through. Yeah. You know, in the sense of making excuses. You mentioned ZMA because I, I, it's funny. You ask people around here, especially some of the guys who come in, you met one of them comes in real quick, guy, but they all are hooked on ZMA for one reason because they're <laughs> like, you ask them like, why, why do you take ZMA? It's like, it's not a sleep aid, and I know that, but, man, I have some crazy-ass dreams, and I sleep like a rock when I'm on it. I'm like, yeah, it's not meant for that, but the magnesium puts you in that yes. room. Do you, do you get crazy dreams when you take it? Like, wh wh when do you take it? So, typically, um, I take it probably about maybe 35 to 40 minutes after my last meal. Oh, okay, so you're not taking it before you go to bed? Yeah, so, well, so, so, I, so I go to bed typically now around, like, 1130 at night. Right. So, I'll take it. Between like 10 45, 10 o'clock. Do you ever have crazy dreams? I've had a few. <laughs> yeah, probably probably one of the most craziest. And this is, this is, this is, this is so bad. So, anybody who knows me, they know that I'm obsessed with pizza. Okay. I'm talking <laughs> obsessed. Like when, when my show is over, I'm going to my favorite pizza place, Imperial Pizza in Buffalo, and I'm going to get a large pizza, like with, with 20 wings. It'll be just for me. And then for, 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 you know, my girlfriend and the kids, they'll have their own pizza right there. Like, yes, this whole large pizza is for me. So I never forget, I was in prep. And this is, this had to probably be maybe, this was back in, in February. And, you know, I've been dieting at the time, I've been dieting for so long. Cause even during the off season, I was still eating clean though. So it's like, I just transitioned right into, right into the, um, into prep, still eating clean. I had a dream. That I actually was being chased down the street by a pizza. <laughs> like, I'm being serious, though. Like, like, the pizza had legs, and it was literally was chasing me down the street. So, like, I wake up and tell my girl, I said, babe. She's like, what's wrong? I said, I was being chased by a pizza. Down the street. She's like, what? What are you talking about? It was like a Harold and right? Kumar movie, man. <laughs> I was like, listen, there was a pizza chasing me down the street. She goes, yeah, you, you, you need to go back to sleep. I said, listen, it, it was bad. It was bad. Like, it was super bad. But yeah, like like I said, I, you know, I'm a huge. I, I love ZMAs. So, what were some of the differences of you uh, starting to take that? Because you said you you weren't oh, man. Like so what? Like what, what? Recovery. Yeah. What I noticed, I, I would wake up feeling a lot better. Right. I was I wasn't as sore as I normally would be, and you know, I feel like once you once the ZMAs really gets in your system, your body gets accustomed to it. That's when you right. really start to notice, like, hey, I feel I'm starting to feel different. My body is starting to feel. Um, more energized when I wake up in the morning. I don't feel super sluggish. Yeah. So to answer the other question, so like literally, like I said, I take people through everything. I tell people what I'm taking. So I want to put in a post up. Um, it was right before I was about to go to bed. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, make sure you guys get your ZMAs before you go to bed. And I tagged you guys. Mm. So then, and then, and I was just basically, you know, just doing it to, number one, just let people know, hey, boy, you what know, you're doing, right? right, what I'm doing. And then I said, you know what, let me, you know, tag uh, JYM with it, too. And next thing you know, I get the the inbox from you guys on uh, on uh, on Instagram, you know, and then next thing you know, it, it took off from there. I'm just like, wow. 
And for me, it's so surreal because it's like, how is it that the company that I've been utilizing over like the past seven, eight, nine years, I've been a huge fan of is the one that tells me right. yes, but the smaller companies tell me no. You know, in a lot of cases, that's where I always say, you know, call it divine intervention or what, what have you, because I'll be the first one to admit anyone who says like, you know, miracles don't happen. I'll tell you you're wrong and I'll give you examples of mm-hmm. how that has been true in my own life. <laughs> Trust me, there's a there's a long story behind how we actually got here, Jim and I, um, and, it, and it was not easy. Um, but I think I, I think that's actually a, a, a cool story because it's authentic. It's not like we were poaching and we don't do that. You know, when, when, now that we've tried to grow this athlete program, I make it very clear to the team about how we want to approach it. Um, am I interested in getting people who have, you know, massive followings and it's like, Oh, if this person just posts this and we're going to gain all this attribution. Um, it's not like that because if somebody can't buy into the brand and the philosophies and, and actually is a consumer of the products and use the products and the services, and it's not always about the product. Cause you know, what people don't understand is that we had a conversation today about this very topic. And I think it's going to kind of change the landscape of what we want to do with you just a little bit this week is have a very purposeful intent about presenting the use case of what we have because it works. Um, you know, you mentioned the pre-workout and all these other things. There, there's been such a stigmata with supplements over the over, for a long time, at least my career. And Jim and I trying to course correct a little bit when we came into 2013 by by creating products that actually help people. Because look, supplements aren't going to solve all your problems in the weight room or it, with, right. with your, your physical fitness. It comes down to a lot of other aspects. But if you're going to be making the investment in things like what you just described, um, a product that does help with recovery, you want that noticeable difference to where you know that your investment went into something that actually did work and it met those promises. And I think that's one of the reasons why people say, why don't you guys launch all this? Why don't you launch all this? Why don't you launch all that? It's because there's a certain way in which we want to be able to bring a product to market based on, you know, scientific application, actual usage, so that Jim truly tests everything that he (laughs) wants to formulate much to my dismay sometimes because we're always trying to make deadlines and there is a business aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, cause where I want to take this is I want to get your opinion of, of, uh, of the new product too, because you know, you, you've had some comments that I've seen you make on social media about that. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it is like with pre gym, it was such a long process. I mean, you're talking about years and years and years of, of talking about ingredients prior to doing that. that when we finally launched that, a lot of people were like, Oh, do you think, you know, Jim sold out? It's like, no, just look at whatever he's been writing about for 10 years. Right. You know, and so it was really bulletproof because all it was was bringing, you know, the final tool of what he was talking about the details of mm-hmm. to where it's like, you know, hey, I, I want to create a can and I want to have a, uh, you know, it white and I want it to open like this, but nobody ever saw this can before. And so we just made the damn can to where now this made sense based on the long history of what Jim had been describing. And so for years, you know, pre-gym has really been the leader in the category and we've won all kinds of awards. And since then, the industry in a good way is caught up. There are actually a lot of brands out there who've done a good job about course correcting. And as, as I mentioned, when we first started, there were so many, I shouldn't say bad products, but just disingenuous tactics being used by brands to market a product that 
said it would do this and just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've always taken the, 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 the road of, you know, nutrients versus stimulants, specifically when it comes down to, you know, a pre-workout, something that's going to help increase muscle, uh, endurance, strength, energy, give you a great pump. Um, and there's been a system and a synergy when it comes to product formulation. And, and so recently, you know, obviously we, we brought the pre-gym X, which, you know, we're hoping to get back in stock here pretty right. soon. And you, you've tried, you try that. What, so since now you, you, you're with us and, and I mean, do you feel that we're not trying to kind of push things on you in terms of product, but even with like, I don't want you to be like just a, somebody who's just like, Oh yeah, I take this product and it's great because, right. you know, I want, I want to know like if you really take it, what your true thoughts are and the benefits so that somebody can be like, you know what, here's Michael Norwood, you know, 250 pound, you know, under what are you like six, three, four, I don't know where you're at. Now, well, the last time was like 4.2. 4.2. And, and, but you look like this a large part of the year. I mean, it's not like you're bulking like some of these other guys who I see. But like a product like that, does that make a difference for somebody like you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, so, you know, you can only rely on training but so much. Even, even dieting. We all know that dieting is the biggest aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always been a huge advocate of, I really I love to allow my food to basically kind of give me, you know, what I need in terms of the energy in the gym. But then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I'm starting to train even harder. And now I'm feeling my body starting to fatigue. And maybe in my type of diet, I can't force any more food right now. So what can I use that can help give me that little bit of edge to help me get through this grueling workout? You know, and then like for me, it's like when you're talking about a pre-workout, like I said, I don't want a pre-workout that basically just giving me just this energy rush. And then I got this crash. Like, what about the pump? Everybody wants the pump. Like we all want the pump. Everybody wants to walk around in a tank top or if you're in certain gyms, you want to take your shirt off. You want to see your veins and everything going crazy like that. It's like the ingredient profile that's in there. It literally was pumping like so when I took it, it was it pumps my body up like crazy. And the thing for right. me is I track everything. I know what goes into my body in terms of food. Like every single day, I'm having, you know, the same amount of macros every single day. I'm eating the same food. So I know that when I put something foreign into my body, oh, it's this. Yeah. It's not, well, you know, it could have been maybe that you had some pizza. And now you got this, you know, crazy surge of energy. No, it's not that because I'm not eating that. I'm eating literally six times a day. I'm eating the same foods every day. I'm, I'm drinking the same amount of water, the same amount of sodium. And then now you throw in this just pre-workout and it's like, well, now my muscles, they won't, it's like they won't go down, you know? And, and, and typically, like I tell people, and this is why I'm also big on how long you're training in the gym, right? Sometimes you get guys that want to train in the gym for two, three hours. And I'm like, for me, I feel like it's counterproductive, though. Uh-huh. If you look at a lot of studies, like they show you that like your testosterone levels are peaking within the first 45 minutes to an hour of a workout. Uh-huh. And then once cortisol level starts to rise, uh-huh. it's, it's kind of it's time to get out of there. All right. Uh-huh. So what happens if we can maximize that window? Uh-huh. That's why I'm so big on timing, not you know nutrient timing with the foods and, right. and even nutrient timing with the supplement. Right. So now we're taking a, a, a product that literally is kicking in a release time is kicking in and it's giving me an even bigger pump in the gym. And, you know, it's like, well, now we're going to maximize our muscle growth. Uh We're going to maximize that now, Uh you know, though. So for me, 
it was like I can tell that something different was going on. And it wasn't the oh, it's not it's not the caffeine, it's right. not the beta aline that's giving you the, the itches and stuff like that, you know, or, or the creatine, you know, obviously the creatine, you know, can, can give you a lot though, but it's like that pump matrix in there. Yeah, I mean, not to be overly gratuitous, but I do have it here. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean that that was and the reason why I want to bring it up is because you brought up something. I remember when you when you were posting about it, you were talking about your pump and you were showing, you know, your before and after. And even I was like, dude, he's oh, like you could tell that you just had that massive pump on. And what's interesting about it is that I'm not even joking you. It was December 29th this year, or excuse me, in 2021. So Jim had this pump. He was so focused on the pump matrix in here. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, it's like, you know, it's 11 grams worth of stuff. And and what is that matrix? And I, I hate saying matrix because people used to say matrix like it was a secret sauce. And ours is not. It's very open and transparent. And so when you're talking about citrulline malate, citrulline nitrate, betaine nitrate, the pine bark, um, you know, <laughs> It was December 29th in Jim because he had this whole, uh, this insane formula, which was this, right? And I remember there was an issue with possibly getting one of the ingredients. And the story behind getting the product to this formulation process, I'm not even joking. I'll I'll take in my office after this. I have like hundreds of samples on my desk that are all different iterations, which means like version one, two, there were 50 of them. Wow. And each one of them had different components of like the muscle matrix was a little bit different. The pump matrix was a little bit different. The energy and nootropics matrix was a little bit different. And it took so long to get to this point. So finally we had to pull the trigger to like, you know, order all the ingredients. And there was a problem with possibly getting one of the ingredients because supply chains. And I'm on the phone December 29th in Big Bear on a ski trip, you know, with my family trying to, you know, with my kids in the car, I'm on the phone. Jim's like, we have to start all over if we can't get this. Like he was so adamant about like wow. this pump matrix is perfect. And we're like trying to find alternatives. Vince and I are on the phone with Jim and like, Jim, you know, we might not be able to get it. You know, what if we do this? He goes, then the whole project scrapped. It's not going <laughs> to work with this. And you don't understand how important the pump matrix is with this and everything. Yeah, so he was like furious. This is December 29th. It was right before right before the new year. I'm going and I and Vince and I are stressed out because we had a commitment to launch this product with GNC and and the other partners and then we couldn't even get enough of the product made. So what's interesting about this is um <laughs> this was supposed to launch everywhere. bodybuilding.com, Amazon, GNC, everything. But because of the ingredient shortage and everything, and we've sold completely out of this when we launched, as you know, mm-hmm. but that's the reason why is because Jim was so adamant about not changing anything. And there was a couple of ingredients that are really hard to get. We just couldn't manufacture enough. Right. So there was only enough of the stuff that went into, you know, the, I forget how many, you know, it was like a couple, I forget how many thousands of units that we ordered, but it sold out like that. I mean, dude, we sold out of like 4,500 units in eight hours just on our site the very first day. Um, so GNC got the got the lion's share. We didn't have any other inventory for bodybuilding.com or Amazon or Vitamin Shop or anyone else. And um, But that's the one thing that's insane because how much work went into that pump matrix and now right. hearing you and then other people talk about it, the authentic reviews of people saying, oh, the pump, the pump, the pump, the pump. 
And it, and it's funny for me because I'm like, dude, you have no idea how hard it was to try and get that pump, get that pump matrix out there. Um, but you, you, we're pretty proud of this. I mean, it, it, it because like unlike other brands, um, we've really tried to make a distinction between the formulation process of products that actually go together. And that's why I, I love hearing you say that because the last thing I would ever ask you to do is give one of your fans or anybody else who hears your message, something that you're just being told to say, right. which brings me right back to a lot of like, you know, the athletes and my stance on it in the previous, um, you know, history of, of those programs is that people weren't really taking the products. You know, those athletes weren't really doing things with it and they didn't understand the benefits of it. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, what you saw and, I, and I'll tell you, so Milo Sarchev, which we talked about Milo, she's now, you know, part of the gym family and, we're going to work it out to where we get you guys training together. You know, the best way that he explained to me about this is he came in and again, you know, Jim's my partner. And so I've had a lot of experience of, you know, trying to get things that make sense. I call them aha moments um, with regards to how to like, you know, how do you explain this to somebody who's never taken this before? Right. And how do you convince them that it's a good idea that they should just because you say it and you're, you know, six foot four, six foot five. And we're like, oh, cool. I'm never going to look like that guy. Of course he's taking this. Right. So one of the best examples of what supplements do and what proper supplementation does was this. And I want to ask you your opinion of it. You probably would agree. So Milo, he goes, Mike, he goes, he goes, Mike, your body has six to seven liters of blood throughout. <laughs> I'm doing Milo. Six to seven liters of blood throughout your body. That's all just you have. And, and when you train, you have, you have uh, uh, all the blood, 80% is in, is in the muscles. It's being transported into the muscles. Like, where the fuck are you going to send it to the muscles without nutrients? That's like sending an airplane from here to Australia. No passengers. What the fuck is the point? Right. Right. And, and I'm like, dude, that makes so much sense. It's like, why would you, you know, you can eat right. You can do those things. But predominantly foods that you eat, the body's going to, you know, use for energy production as well as muscle, depending on the protein. But when you have things, when you have amino acids, when you have, um, you know, things such as citrulline malate, citrulline nitrate, that have research showing that if you take it, if the blood carries that into the muscle, as you said, mm-hmm. it's going to fuel the, the muscles with nutrients. And that's the one thing about pre-workouts that many people these days don't get, is they think pre-workout is something that's going to give me the, oh, I, I just need like that, that jolt to get me through that energy. Right. That's not a pre-workout. That's a different product. You know, this is something that is nutrient based that has things that are going to help your muscles actually grow. And, you know, but, but what's interesting is that what we're finding is that more people like yourself have to be able to articulate that because there's a lot of bad information out there. And as you said, there's so many brands and the platforms have now fragmented across many, many levels to where it used to be the magazines where everything was said and you get that information and so the message could really be curated to be accurate then it went to bodybuilding.com same type of thing jim had a large voice there so the message was very easy for a kid or anybody looking to like get into the industry or get into fitness refine things are going to help them grow Mm -hmm. you have now this influencer platform of people hawking shit at you all the time that i'm sorry to say doesn't do anything right and so i I'm super excited about working with you, working with others like you um, to kind of bring into our family and really build something that we can sink our teeth into. And we're just scratching the surface. I know we got you out here, you know, kind of uh, unscripted a little bit. 
Um, but we want to do more things with you. We want your voice to be a voice uh, from the brand. Mm -hmm. Because as I told Jim, I said, Jim, it's hard to have an orchestra and you're the only guy playing all the instruments. Yeah, you that's know? true. That's we got to have other people being able to articulate themselves on behalf of the brand. But more importantly, we have to make sure that the people who are with us really believe in what we stand for as a brand and that they can trust us. We're not arrogant. We're not dicks. Um, you know, we're just guys and, and girls who just love this industry, who have a lot of experience doing it, who just want to help the consumers, help your consumers and give you a platform that's bigger than your own and try and build upon that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so realistically, those are my goals um, with you. What the last question I want to ask you is what are your goals with us and even yourself moving forward? What 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 is Michael Norwood gonna be looking for in the next call it eight to twelve months? Well, first of all, you know, I just want to say thank you. You know, this is honestly truly an honor to even just be here. I appreciate and, that. It's I mean, an honor having you here, bud. No, I mean, like, 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 seriously, like, like, I really mean that because it's like right now, even at the age of, I mean, I'll be what, 37 this year. I'm still chasing the dream, right. you know, and, and I tell people, you know, there's no such thing as you're too old to dream. Mm -hmm. Like I tell people, you could dream, you know, and you can have that vision, but as long as you put the work in to get to it, there's nothing wrong with that. Just don't daydream. You know, just don't do that. But if you, you can make dreams still come true. Like there is no, and, and sometimes what you'll get is you'll get people, and this way you got to really be careful, you know, who you talk to your dreams about. Because a lot of times people will try to shut you down. Mm -hmm. You know, people will try to put a cap and people will try to put a ceiling on your success. You know, and for me, you know, I've talked to a lot of different people. Luckily, I've had a lot of people, like I said, in my corner who has supported me and you know, say, hey, man, listen, you want to do this fitness thing, you make sure you go hard with it push and you push and you push and like I said you know I'm a very patient guy and just to you know just so far get to this point this short period of time and to have the type of opportunities you know that I'm that I'm embarking upon right now and being here with you guys like I don't like once you guys told me that you guys want me to come out here I don't know how many times I talked to my girlfriend my dad about it and they probably got sick of me hearing me talk about it, you know what I'm saying? But they seen the excitement. Right. That's you know, cool. I, I felt like I felt like a like a freaking 18 year old, 19 kid, you know, that hey, look, man, like I'm my dream, my fitness dreams are really coming true. Right. And I feel like it, it attests to, you know, all of the work that I put in those five thirty and six o'clock in the morning Carter days when I didn't want to do it. You know, I knew that there had that there, there had to be a bigger purpose. There was a bigger purpose than that. And to, to, to answer your question, what I'm looking for is to, you know, really grow my platform and help as many and inspire many, you know, fitness enthusiasts that's out there um, that, that, you know, whether they want to be a bodybuilder or, or whether they just want, you know, knowledge. Like I, I love, love, you know, teaching people, you know, um, you know how to train and, and, and how to utilize certain techniques. It's just like I love the fact that when I can grab somebody's attention and then show them something different and when they're in the gym or talk to them about dieting. And then, hey, now we talk about supplements, you know, supplements right. that I use. Like a lot of times I get people all the time. They go, Mike, they're in me. Like I post, I post a product and they go, does it really work? Right. I said, yes. And I said, one thing you know about me is I won't put my name behind something right. that's a gimmick. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, hey, guys. You know, you're going to put on those 15 pounds of muscle, like I said, in 21 days. Right, it's right. like, no, that's not going right. to happen. 
Like, you know, I, I always preach diet first. You got to work hard. And then, it, yes, these products will aid you and they will help you, you know. So, like I said, I really would love to grow my platform there. And um, obviously, from a competing standpoint, you know, my goal is to hopefully, you know, get to the Olympia. You know, I'll be competing in my first my first pro show June 5th. And, um, you know, I'm coming here as a. Where do you compete? Where, where's that show at? So I'm going to be doing a Toronto Super Pro. Okay. You are? Okay. And then um, depending on how we do there, obviously I would love to win and go to the Olympia. But if not, we'll probably do the D.C. Pro after that and then either Atlanta or Chicago Pro. Okay. You know, um, you know, I really would love to make it to that to that stage. And like I said, I just really want to, you know, grow you know, my platform and become as big as I possibly can in, in the fitness industry and, and just inspire people. Well, this I'll say this, um, you know, after meeting you and you and I haven't really had a chance to chat too much other than, you know, just briefly on some of these calls and things, obviously you know who you are, but you know, my goal is to work with people and create, you know, kind of like that other layer of communication to help people, whether it's our own audience, which many of our, our consumers now, I call them the front row. You know, they, they already bought tickets to the show cause they know who Jim is. They know the, the, the difference of what the brand stands for. But now I want to be able to kind of reach, you know, other people who are looking for a brand like us. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of struggles in the sense of, um, you know, just, just getting out of our own way because we did such a, uh, we put such a dent early on in the industry to where a lot of brands were pissed off, quite mm-hmm. honestly. And as a result, it's actually distracted myself, um, as well as Jim in some in some aspects. He's always maintained a very good um, way to just make sure he's educating the consumers and bring that message to the forefront. But for for many years, it was he and I doing that together. And so we're trying to get back to that, to where he and I are now doing podcasts together. We shot our first one. You know, hopefully we can try and you know do more this Wednesday. But what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to create a, a platform that allows others to shout from um, on behalf of the things that, that we're about and about not just the price. It can't o- be overly gratuitous. You know, it could be mm-hmm. things as simple as like what you just said, showing other people what you do. Hey, you know, here's the best way to, um, you know, do an RDL or whatever, you know. And so creating creating value to where people can find content and ways and tips, that's what's really going to draw people in. If it's always about products and things like that, it's it, it's uh, it's going to be overly gratuitous in the sense of, oh, they're just trying to sell some shit. If you can explain why this works. Right. If you can tell people, like, the, the use case for it. Um, you know, for example, I cannot take SS8, our, our you know, extreme fat burner. I have anyone who's like, Hey, how's SS8? I'm like, I, I don't know. For me, I can't tell you how that product works because for other people, it works great. Oh yeah. I love it. <laughs> right. But I like the, the Yohimbi, like if, if I really do it right with food and things like that, but dude, I will, oh, I'll be under the desk. Yeah. So I stick to, if I'm going to, you know, take is shred, shred our original fat loss product. Cause it doesn't have the, the Yohimbi complex in there. And some people are sensitive to that. I'm one of them. Um, so even my own product, I can't take everything. But I'm very open and honest about that. Mm-hmm. My most favorite product, hands down, of all time, is our Alpha Gym. Um, I have just, for myself personally, as well as friends and other people, that product is just amazing in, in the sense of, you know, yeah, your pee's orange, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is, so that's fun. 
but um, but no, it, it's it's been a great product that really helps me in the sense of you know keeping my energy levels as well as and I know it's, it's related to st- to testosterone. There's other mm-hmm. reasons why you know that product is working, and we'll get into it here. Um, but it's a great, great. It's my by far my most favorite product. Um, you know, other flavors, things like that. I mentioned to you earlier. Like I don't like certain flavors. I'm not going to tell everybody which ones I don't like, but I'll tell, <laughs> I told Michael earlier. So my goal is to really just try and, and enhance our portfolio, if you will, of people who the brand can really get behind because they're an extension of the brand. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not easy to find folks like yourself. I appreciate um, that. You know, it really isn't. And I'll be the first one to admit because, you know, there's, there's a lot of people. But what I want to be able to do is kind of create this environment in which has like yourself and, and, and other people, not a, not a huge variety, but just really good quality um, people who are of the same mindset. So the fact that you talked about your family, you talked about the values to us, that's very important mm-hmm. um, because that says a lot about the character of the individuals who we align ourselves with. And so for this brand, we want to align ourselves with those types of people. So I, I couldn't be happier that you're out here. I'm super excited um, that we're going to get some great content and, you know, for me, I'm kind of the guy who doesn't necessarily have like a huge, huge plan, maybe at the very end. Right. But I know that the steps getting there are going to change dramatically. You got to take those steps. Exactly. So, you know, uh, we welcome you here, man. I'm, I'm happy that you, you were able to sit down kind of like off the cuff here and just do a little podcast with us. Um, I'm very excited about where things are going to go. And I think, you know, once you kind of get done with your first show, we'll get you back out here. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more to come. So any final thoughts for you, bro? Oh, man, this, uh, like I said, I'm truly excited to be here. And then uh, just one thing I want to touch back on, too, like what you guys mentioned to contest to you guys. You know, another reason why I love working with you is you guys seem to have a strong family uh, yeah. uh, bond here, yep. you know, and good energy. I'm a person that's big on energy and aura, you know, and and. And for me, like, to be honest, like, naturally, I'm a loner type of person. You know, like, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have so, so people be like, well, how? Like, like I'm like, well, for, for the most part, a lot of times I keep to myself, but I am still a people person when I need to be, though. But a lot of times is this, I don't know, because sometimes you get, like, weird vibes from people, though. Yeah. But it's just, but then a lot of times I can pick up on great quality vibes very, very, yeah. very quick. And it's just, like, just being out here with you guys. I mean, literally within the first five, the first five minutes, just the energy that I got from everybody I've come in contact with here. Yeah. I said, I'm in the right place. We so, feel, we feel you are. And we, we pride ourselves on that. I mean, everybody who work who works here, uh, many of these guys have been with me since they were real young. And, uh, you know, some were, were, were fans or, you know, consumers and fans and then they yeah. kind of morphed into this. Um, so it, it is, I'm glad you picked up on that. It actually makes me feel really good just because that's, that's the intent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked about this in other episodes that we've done here in our, you know, short-lived podcast. But you know, the key to happiness, in my in my view, is not you know financial freedom and not all these things. Or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, material possessions; those are nice. But if you if you're truly happy, it's because you're spending time doing it, what you want to do, and you find value in that. And to where you can feel good going home. And I tell these guys all the time, you know, there's going to be certain times when things are going to be tough, but then there's going to be other times when you're driving home or whatever it is. And you're like, damn, I got it good. You know, like I, right. I, I, I got a good, you know, I'm healthy. You know, I know it's been tough the last you know year or so with COVID and all that other stuff, but um, 
imagine doing that and not running to work because that's where you want to be right now. So I'm glad to hear you say that it is a, it is a family here. We treat everybody like they are family. We understand it is still a business in some aspects of it, but um, happy to have you here. Happy to have you part of the gym family, man. I'm excited, man. All right. Let's get started. All right. Michael Norwood guys. Thank you guys so much. And uh, for more gym life podcast, check back on gymseps.com.